Hello and welcome to the World Cup mini series that we're running. I'm Michael and I'm Ben and we are the Armchair Refs and we thought it'd be a really good idea to do a a quick preview into the pools for the Rugby World Cup that's starting next week Uh, and today's focus is going to be Pool C. The biggest pool. I'm actually most excited for this pool. I think I have to agree with you. I think this is Almost like the underrated one, because obviously everyone thinks about Pool B being the group of death. I think this is the pool of death. It is savage. All of the teams are so close in world rankings. Apart from Portugal, I think any of them could get out of the group. Yeah, which is so exciting. Four out of the five having a genuine possibility to get out of the group is incredible. So just to, if you don't know, so in Pool C, we have Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia and Portugal. In that order, so we have Wales are currently the number 10th team uh, in the world. Australia ranked number nine. Fiji are actually the highest ranking team oh. in that pool, coming in at seventh. Georgia are 11th and Portugal are 16th. So even they're not far behind. Yeah, and so that's pretty, that's pretty spicy. Just on paper, that is a pretty spicy group. I am really looking forward to it. And I think it's also the one where there's been a bit of controversy going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially just talking about Australia and Eddie Jones yeah. for a wild time. I know. I, to be honest, I do think Australia will probably win this group. Um, Controversial. Uh, they'll, they'll be one of the two to get out of the group, for mm. sure. I think, you know, France and Australia just played uh, this, past, this past weekend. And even though they got hammered by France, they, they look the best that they had in a long time under Eddie's tenure. So I back them to to get out of the group, to be perfectly honest. Because if you think about it, their, their run of games that they've had, they've had obviously the Rugby Championship, which is against New Zealand, South Africa and Argentina. And then they had the Bledisloe Cup, which is just against New Zealand, and then played France a handful of times as well. But their running to the World Cup is against like the best competition they could probably get. So I reckon against the teams that aren't as strong, I reckon they'll do just fine. I don't know, Mike. They have proven themselves that against this top level of competition, they have consistently lost. <laughs> it's been pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. They did run Argentina really close. That's true. In in their games. And it was only like in the last, I want to say like five or maybe two minutes of the game where Argentina actually won it. So, but I understand your point. They actually haven't got a win under their belts in a long time. So... What does that do for morale? What does that do for confidence going into a World Cup? Yeah, exactly. I can't imagine it being great. And also, he has gone for some wild picks for this uh, for his yeah. selection. He's only got one fly half, which most people, and pretty much everyone, apart from scrum halves, would say is a pretty key position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's not exactly like Wales and Fiji and Georgia are going to going to be kind and to help protect this guy they're going no. to go for him I, I really struggle to see what eddie's thinking was there because like even if you don't really love like the other fly half options you can bring quade cooper or james o'connor bernard foley because bernard foley was in the australia a squad that's been playing a couple of warm-up games i think against portugal but you know why not just have one of them in as like backup cover like somebody that knows the system, that knows the players, it can be a leader in the locker room. But obviously, Eddie's just thought differently. Yeah, he must have. He obviously, Eddie's won, he was part of South Africa's winning World Cup team in 
2007. Yeah, he did he did do some very good things for England. So maybe there is a method to his madness. Maybe he sees something in Carter Gordon that we don't. Maybe. Or on the counter side. So he's got a good record at World Cups, but he's not actually won one as head coach. And maybe that's no. just driven him to insanity. It's just slowly over the years, starting in 2003, when uh, we beat Australia. And, you know, he's just been kind of coming and coming. And he's mm. he's gotten good. Like he's taken Japan into beating the Springboks oh, down in Brighton, which is an uh-huh. iconic moment in sporting uh-huh. history. Uh-huh. And then England losing the World Cup final, and I think he's he's just gone nuts now. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good conspiracy theory, <laughs> but I think there's some truth to it. I I also think Eddie was very was in a similar position to Steve Borthwick coming into the Australia camp late with Dave Rennie being sacked. And I think Eddie might know that there's not a huge amount of expectation from Australia to, like, say, win the World Cup. But uh, as some people might know, the Rugby World Cup in 2027 is going to Australia. So maybe he's kind of thinking almost build for that World Cup now because it's very hard to win a World Cup, you know, with that shorter time with a team. So maybe he's thinking, I can blood these players now in a World Cup. So then in four years' time, they they know how to handle the pressure. They know what the preparation is like. They know how to perform on a big stage like that where there's so much pressure. So maybe he's thinking long game. Maybe. It makes sense from the kind of age of the squad. They're very young. And Mm -hmm. a few people that kind of new to Union from League, who they've kind of... Mm -hmm paid big bucks for who'll probably still be about in four years time so it, it makes sense i just think it's kind of a shame for australia who before dave rennie got sacked they were kind of looked like they were building towards something and right they're in the quote easier side of the pool i really feel like they actually had a chance and yeah quade cooper was looking unbelievable at 10 and hey he's just been dropped for carter gordon who's actually not looked too bad but Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, also the other thing that's worth mentioning is Eddie can be thinking about the long game, but he might get sacked before the long game actually pans out because he had a long term plan for England, you know, building into this World Cup, and the RFU didn't back him. So I could, I wouldn't be surprised if Rugby Australia, if he doesn't actually produce any results, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a sack as well. I know, savage. It is savage. It is a bit of a gamble because there, you know, it might be seen as he's not taking this World Cup seriously to then go and perform at a higher level for the next World Cup. And Australia got knocked out in the quarters in 2019 against England. 2015, they did make the final, but Australia, you know, they've won it, I think, two times now. So they're expected to do really well in these types of competitions. So maybe glossing over one year, one four-year cycle isn't actually going to go down very well with public in Australia. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I just feel that you should try every time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when they come and win it in 27 and we're sat there going, <laughs> oh, what a genius master plan. I can't <laughs> believe he's done it. Get blood in them last World Cup was unbelievable. But right now, I'm not happy. Yeah, and I do think that I think we're almost writing the players off a little bit. Like even though they're young, they could perform. And like we said, they are on the easiest side of the bracket. They are going to have some tough challenges ahead of them. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what these young folks can do. It's enough about Australia. I think they're the, the the highlight of that pool. But I want to go to Fiji next. Me too. They they're the highest ranked in the in the pool. So I think we we deserve to give them a a good go. We were kind of talking about this on our normal podcast, but mm-hmm. they are looking really good. 
they've kind of come close to getting out of the pools and I think they might have made a quarterfinal in the past but kind of mm-hmm. recently and probably down to them having a team in Super Rugby the Fijian Drua I think they've really expanded their game from from that kind of natural skill exciting style that suits sevens where they are pretty dominant over history right into the kind of the 15 so they've kind of got their scrum and their line out functioning better they've got a 10 who has some control on the game as well and can make the big kicks and I mm-hmm. think it all comes together to make them just an exciting package and then you look at some of the star-studded players you've got like Randrandra, Naisalevu, Tusova, Vilama mm. Mata. It's, it's a scary prospect. Yeah, and it, it's really good to see the national team all coming together because throughout the years we've had really good Fijian players, but they're almost like as individuals in certain teams. So like Rajrandra at Bristol and Matawalu at like Glasgow for the winger there. And it's just been really frustrating because obviously they've had so much success in the sevens format of the game that it's just really good to see them, all these individuals come together and actually building something as a unit now. It is great to see. And I and I think their win over England, which although it pains me, mm-hmm. I think the confidence that will give them is going to be massive going into this tournament. Absolutely. Especially as they're starting against Wales, who probably haven't been performing at the same level that Wales have previously. Right. They've not had many wins. And I reckon Fiji are up for it. I reckon they could give them a good shot. Yeah, I agree. Because it was against England at Twickenham two weeks before the World Cup. And, you know, the England side that they put out, you know, was close to full strength let's be honest like, yeah, they're obviously side. missing there was always a couple players missing due to injury and suspensions but like to get a job done at Twickenham is really tough that is a fortress for a reason so I reckon their their confidence must be skyrocketing but maybe it goes too high maybe they think they are invincible and then they go back to the old style of Fijian rugby and you know can't get the job done against uh, the rest of the pool because i think that's what's going to be crucial here we compare it to say like pool A that's got like New Zealand and France they don't need to worry as much with the rest of the pool because like i don't think the rest of the pool poses as great of a threat whereas particularly for this pool you almost have to make sure you win every game to get out of the group. You yeah. you don't want to like rely on other results to go in your favour to escape the group. Like, imagine how sweaty that game would be if you're just watching two teams, knowing one of them has to lose for you to... Oh, I, I don't yeah. think I could do it. That, I think that would be worse than playing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Because then it's out of your control. So you literally just have to sit there and just yeah hope for the best but yeah that's that's why i'm kind of saying so like for example yeah new zealand and france just kind of have to worry about each other to like who gets number one seed in the group whereas every game that fiji or every game that anybody plays in pool c is a huge fixture and has such big implications so that means that you know the fijian depth is also going to be tested out because you can't have the same 23 playing all the games and if they want to go deep into the tournament then injuries inevitably happen so We'll have to see. We really will. On to the kind of tier two nations. And yeah, Wales really haven't been performing recently. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all yeah. our Welsh fans. <laughs> yeah, Wales, um, it's just not been a good time to be a Welsh rugby fan, has it? I think in general, no. Like if you're looking at results, it's been pretty poor. But there have been some highlights for him, like Jack Morgan coming in, into the side and being co-captain. Mm. He has been 
phenomenal in every game he's played for Wales. So yeah, there's a pretty good foundation and their fitness is pretty good. Gatlin's always puts them through torture before a World Cup. So yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've got as good a chance of anyone getting out the group. But yeah, you, you wouldn't be happy looking at the results over the past kind of two years. It's a tough time. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really tough because, you know, they've had so much drama, like the political side of drama with the Welsh Rugby Union and the paying of players. And then on top of that, they've also had a change in head coach because they've now got Warren Gatlin, but we had Wayne Pivak before. And I think it is really tough building to a World Cup. And if you keep losing, then it's really hard to make progression through that because you're obviously having to correct your mistakes week in week out to try and get the victory but then it's not coming so then they're almost like trying to you know take one step forward but then each game day they're taking two steps back so it is really tough and obviously they've had some retirements as well you know some key key leaders in their squad have retired before the world cup Ken Owens, who has been the absolute hallmark of that front row for so long. Alwyn Jones as well. Justin Tipperick. Justin Tipperick. Like, there's some huge, those are like the household names of Welsh rugby. How bad is their camp? If they're retiring right before camp, how rough is their camp? You know, it's going to be sprued. Exactly. (laughs) They call it quits when they saw the the program. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting. They they're also blooding a lot of young players as well. So they the Welsh are very resilient. You know, they always have that grit. Having Gats as the head coach, like he will demand the highest level from them. Again, they're on the favorable side of the draw, so anything could happen. And they could manage to get out of the group. And yeah, because the thing is like even if we discount the the run of results, like Dan Bigger, he is an absolute competitor. He will believe that they go on and win the whole thing so i hope that he stays injury free and um can play his part it's true and although i'd love to talk about wales and i think we need to move on because georgia and portugal to talk about as well yeah huge and i really really want georgia to be the big upset in the pool i just think they are great the game against scotland at the weekend in the warm-ups they played exciting rugby and traditionally you think of georgia as like just this huge pack that's just going to scrum you and maul you about they were thrown out to the backs and yeah and they've been winning the kind of second tier of like european rugby so you've Mm -hmm. got the six nations and then i think it's like the european rugby championship don't quote me on that but yeah, every pretty much every year, you just want to see him kind of stand up and show the world we deserve to be in the Six Nations. And they've got some quality players as well. Mm-hmm. Star power, you think in Niniash, really? Yeah. Like about a year ago, he absolutely monstered Etzebeth. <sighs> and he's a little winger. He's exciting ball in hand. He's a star of France. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping they can come good. Yeah, no, I agree. And we also can't forget that Georgia pretty recently beat Wales as well mm. in Wales. I think the result was like 13-12 or something. It was a close game, but yeah, Georgia came out on top. So they can beat these teams at these levels. And yeah, they did. They ran Scotland pretty close in the first half. They, you know, they were leading. So yeah, I reckon they could do a job. They really could. And their scrum has just been infamous for being so reliable. And it's just, I always love seeing like the front rows of Georgian because they're like all exactly the same height. 
It looks like any one of them could play prop hooker, you know, either loose head or tight head. So it looks like they just clone uh, front rows year in, year out. They've got bold heads, incredible beards. It's aerodynamics. That's it. Head down, right? When you're running, <laughs> it means they're going to get into contact. As modern technology. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if. Oh man, just looking at this, I'm really excited for this pool. You just you'd want to watch every single game. I know, I know. And to think not only will, you know, only two of them can qualify. Yeah. One of these four teams is not gonna automatically qualify for the next World Cup. Yeah. Which means they're gonna go have to go through a whole qualification process, which that's a big pain and, and also kind of big considering is there all of those teams are in the top 11 in the world. Yeah, but to a success of that qualifying process for this year's World Cup was Portugal. And it was done in the most spectacular of ways. What a smooth transition, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. This isn't my first podcast. <laughs> I remember my first podcast. <laughs> yeah. They were icy, weren't they? Um, Samuel Marquez hitting that 81st minute penalty to beat USA to qualify is huge. I wouldn't want to be taking that kick. That's for sure. No, that is is huge pressure. Absolutely huge pressure. But, you know, maybe that kind of shows that they do have it in them to to go the distance because you know they ran Uruguay quite close you know drew with the US to to qualify but you do need those those people that can keep themselves calm in the big moments and there's there's no bigger moment than you know being in the world cup and they only qualified one other time in 2007 for the rugby world cup and they didn't manage to win a game then so didn't manage to escape the group but you know, maybe they're looking at, you know, the the Georgians and the Fijians, you know, thinking that they could do a job. Hey, I'd be looking at Wales. I'm going to be honest. If I'm looking, I'm, I'm going for Wales. They, they really could. Yeah. So something that I saw just before the call is that apparently there's a million Portuguese people living in Paris alone. So then we talk about like home field advantage. We really hope that these Portuguese fans have you know, are going to turn out for them because it, it would be great to have that huge support to kind of carry them through. I love that. I admit, any game where there's just big support for the teams is just good to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's also really good for Portugal is they are the underdogs for this pool. Like there is no pressure on them at all to create any type of performance which is why they might sneakily get one or two. Especially as, you know, it's the game where teams are going to rest their players, like their yeah. top players. So it just means there's more chance for, for Portugal. I, I would think that the the other four teams in the pool are going to almost look at each other being as the big threat and almost maybe switch off a bit for Portugal. And like we said, because the rest of the pool is going to be so tight, you know, it could come down to points difference. It could come down to the permutations of how many wins and losses you got. So yeah, you can't sleep on Portugal. You can't. No, but Mike, I guess time's running short. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to be player of the pool? Who are you looking at thinking this guy is going to stand up and make everyone else look like a mo? Ah, oh, it's such a good question. You know what? I was going to go for for somebody um, maybe in like Fiji or Georgia, but I think. I think I'm going to go with Liam Williams for Wales. Mm. He is, you know, he's one of those guys that they've relied on for so many years and he is just a phenomenal player. I reckon he just provides the the wisdom, you know, of having played on Lions tours, 
played in you know world cups that's just an experience you can't buy so i reckon his experience and leadership for the welsh team is just gonna guide them through and get them out of the groups yeah he's absolute quality i am gonna change up i'm gonna go for nice levy from fiji he made English fans weep last weekend. <laughs> so I, I back him to do it more and more. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. Anybody in Fiji, that's like just they're so deadly. Uh, so, Ben, just before we wrap things up, I want you to give me your pool prediction. Give me who's going to get out of the group. And then, quite importantly, who's going to get that third slot to automatically qualify? Oh, yeah. This is, this is tough because I want to say... Fiji win the pool, Australia second. I think I think I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna go with that. And I think Wales will come third. I think I'd love Georgia to come third, but yeah. I don't think their 80 minute fitness is there. Like when you saw the Scotland game, they kind of fell off towards the end. So right. I think that's where kind of Wales will have the upper hand. How about you, Mike? What are you saying? To be perfectly honest, I, it pains me to say this, but I think we're really excited about the prospect of this pool. But I think it's, I think the result of it is going to be like kind of like what we would expect in years gone by. And what I mean by that is I think Australia to win it and pretty comfortably win it. And then Wales are going to come second. And then I think the the real battles for third, to be perfectly honest, I think between Fiji and Georgia, it could be either one. And it'll really come down to their own head to head, I reckon. Because I see both of them losing to Wales and Australia and both of them beating Portugal. So it'll come down to whoever wins that. So I'm going to back my Fijian boys. I reckon they'll come third. And which is heartbreaking for Georgia. But uh, I would really like to see Fiji uh, come third. I would as well. I, I, in fact, I'm backing to win it. So Yeah, so they're even better than third. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, This is going to be a really interesting pool to watch. So make sure to mark their games on your calendar so you can keep an eye on it. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks guys.